<laughs> Hi, welcome to the Creative Podcast. Glad you're here today. Hi, Jillie here at The Creative. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Entrepreneur Podcast. That's with an H-E-R. Yeah, that's right. Where I interview leading female executives, digital and creative disruptors, and entrepreneurs who share their insights, tactics, and strategies that made them successful passion leaders. The Creative Entrepreneur Podcast has guest speakers who share topics around creativity, entrepreneurship, or a little bit of both. And I'm focusing a lot about women in business lately. And that tends to touch on some really juicy discussions of strength, empowerment, life stories, and taking the path least traveled. Which brings me to today's episode. I am really excited to welcome Deb Dutter as my special guest today. Hi Deb, how are you? Hi, Jilly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I'm going to share a little bit about Deb from uh, my point of view, as well as her amazing bio. I mean, there's, there's more more than words that can, that can really uh, share what Deb is about. But firstly, the facts are she is a founder. She is the founder and CEO of Korea, a tech startup backed by Y Combinator and top tier VCs and a platform I'm also a member of as a coach. Deb is absolutely passionate about empowering a vibrant community of senior professionals to launch their personal brands and share their valuable coaching and expertise through Korea and has assembled an exceptional team of product, technology, and business leaders. <laughs> I'm one of them. From renowned companies like Meta, Amazon, Oracle, PayPal, Google, there's a ton of folks in her circle. Her work has been recognized and featured on prestigious platforms such as Forbes, TechCrunch, New York Times, and Y Combinator. Additionally, she also contributes to Forbes and leads the Women in Product chapter where she mentors aspiring professionals through their product careers. Personally, I have felt such a kindred spirit with you, Deb. Uh, I so resonate with you, uh, not only building the startup, but building a community that I think is just amazing that I was attracted to as soon as I found it. I'm so grateful that you um, brought me into your circle as I'm bringing you into my circle today. <laughs> How do you feel about all of these accomplishments that you have done practically you know, single-handed? Oh my goodness. Firstly, thank you so much. I feel like I'm listening about, I'm hearing about someone else and myself. Um, so, so thank you so much for the opportunity to even share. I don't think any of this actually happens alone. I think there are mentors, there are believers, sponsors along the way that have helped me uh, through the various trajectories of my life, including yourself, Jilly. So even, you know, it has taken a lot for me to get here, but it has also taken the you know, support and belief in, in me from people like you. Mm -hmm. You met me a year ago or close to a year ago and took a chance when it was, Kriya was a vision and it was, we were, we were toddlers when we were getting started and, mm -hmm. and today we've come so far. So I think I am extremely grateful for the people who have enabled me and uh, helped us get here. 
Yeah, I really feel like there's something to be said, and this is something that why I do the creative and why I do podcasts and why I coach and uh, and why I create communities. There's something about doing things together, like with people, because if we're trying to do things alone, I mean, it's a really lonely path, but there's there's a strength in numbers. How do you feel you've been able to attract these people around you? You really got a skill in doing that um I think it has honestly come from a place of solving a real problem that I had and that authenticity actually comes through so a lot of what I am trying to do and have been actively doing at Kriya is really trying to build a a brand for myself I'm a first generation immigrant female on a visa I came here with a dream and I wanted to build something for myself. That is true for any professional, whether, you know, everybody's overcoming some hurdle of their own. And so just really sharing my journey and, and kind of also seeing if there are like-minded people who also have something to share, want to do something with their lives. And sometimes it's actually not so much about a platform. It's about just having a conversation with someone else who's been through it. I think that has been, that has helped uh, tremendously just being authentic and enabling those conversations. Um, another thing I think also has to do with uh, once you've developed an initial network or like a credible network, I think a network defines your influence because mm. your first level of influence is, you know, way one-on-one, but after that, your network speaks for you. So it's, it's, it has been sort of this, um, this network effect honestly that's that's brought in a lot more people um and has helped us grow (laughs) yeah i mean one of the things and you've just got this really great sort of organic social marketing strategy and i'm not talking about like you know doing videos on tiktok everyone out there although that's a different podcast altogether this is more about the linkedin strategy of like business network and deb i really see that you've like nailed it in that way for example and I'll just share my story as I came into Korea one of the things that we did when we joined Korea uh, and you know I have a coaching platform there a site and people can people can come to my site read about me grab some free resources and then um and you know book a session or something and, and everyone who's in the platform can do the same you instigated you instigate this really cool launch where not only will you post about the new folks that have joined Korea, but then you give us the tools to post on LinkedIn and to show that, you know, we've joined Korea, which is helping us and it's helping Korea. And it's like this networking effect, like it's like this viral effect, let's say, through LinkedIn, which we usually only see from a content and social point of view on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. But the way you've taught us how to do it on LinkedIn is really, really quite genius because that's showing the community that helping each other, so to speak. Yeah. Thank you. I, I can tell you a little bit about where where the birth of that really came from. I mean, I started on the Kriya. So a lot of the philosophy behind what we're trying to do at Kriya is honed in on the principles of creator economy. And I feel like there are, I mean, if you're on Instagram and TikTok, you can see people who have, you know, young people, people who are in their early teens are gathering or massing millions of viewers and followers. How are they doing that? It's not content alone. It's a strategy behind it. It's about, you know, 
the method of posting, the way you're attracting and actually garnering a community that continues to come to you for engagement. So I've done a lot of that on Instagram. So I have a big Instagram presence and I did that when I was a little bit more unhinged. I was younger, but I do have a bigger, I have a, several, I have a few hundred thousand followers, 150,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, just a few hundred thousand and I, <laughs> Instagram, everybody. <laughs> I mean, what that has taught me is the power of, of actually leveraging a platform. And what I learned, honestly, of coming when once we started doing this on Kriya was LinkedIn is actually relatively untrapped. There are 800 million users on LinkedIn. 1% of them actually post content. And the crazy thing about it is LinkedIn is a professional platform. So everyone here is a professional. They can speak to their professional capabilities, unlike TikTok and Instagram, where it's likely more entertainment and something else. Mm. So it's just so crazy that people aren't capitalizing on LinkedIn. And I was like, how do I bring these learnings to everybody who's launching with me so everyone sees success and that's really what it is <laughs> yeah really it's amazing and I think that there's there must be some kind of fear for that because LinkedIn used to be like a job seeking platform where you know whatever you put there your profile your resume like that's what you do right and so if you start posting I think this actually happened to me this was one of my like fears before I started really posting on LinkedIn I was like well what if I post like the creative on there and I'm like the SVP of Paramount, you know, like, which was true. And I was like, is that a con conflict of interest? And then I started realizing that it's about a branding story and how you really want to be seen. And, and all of it builds you to become, you know, your best self. So whether you are the SVP of Paramount, which I was, whether you are a blogger, uh, uh, still haven't brought in my music side to LinkedIn yet. I'm kind of, I'm keeping them separate, but like, there's the narrative, like what is that brand narrative that you want want to talk about? And, and so I think it's really crucial that 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 people get really clear on that branding. And through Kriya, I've noticed uh, it's, it's helped me align my coaching strategy and how I want to reach my audiences, which are uh, many entrepreneurs that are sitting there on LinkedIn going, I need support or whatever, you know, I need resources or I need uh, help. Um, but I'd like to pivot a little bit to uh, uh, women in the workplace uh, and back to you a little bit on your story. Uh, one of the other reasons why I felt really uh, a kindred to you is, um, you know, seemingly built your startup, yourself, your career, um, but you were an immigrant. You came to America and myself too, I came to uh to LA uh, nearly 25 years ago from Australia with, you know, barely a, a work visa, to be honest, and two bags packed, ready for a big dream, and just a dream. Like, it was just me. I had no no family, no friends, no nothing here. I just had this dream of coming to Los Angeles. I'd love to hear about your story a little bit, of, and I'm sure our listeners would have, like, what brought you here, and then how? what were some of the obstacles and hurdles that you overcame? Uh, to to do what you do yeah it's uh I thank you for asking it's it's definitely something that I feel I every time I revisit it I discover things that I have uh I want to share so I grew up in India um I came I've always been a computer nerd to be honest uh, I came to Carnegie Mellon studied um computer science uh I did a master's in computer science and I mean we were a middle class family in in India so we took a big loan put that all on the line, came here to the US. So 
my whole objective in life at that point was to get a job so I can pay off my loan and send hopefully send money back home to stabilize the family. Really, that's really what it was. But America is really a land of dreams. I mean, you you start your career and just Carnegie Mellon in itself was just eye-opening. There's like people around me who have much bigger dreams than I did. They weren't just trying to get a degree. They were trying to build the next operating system or the next protocol and like things that we use today were invented in some of the places that I've been fortunate to um, witness first time. So it came very early, but I never thought entrepreneurship was for me. There's no one in my family that's been an entrepreneur. We've always had jobs and so on. So it never felt like a reachable dream, to be honest. And then along the way, a lot of things happened. Like you said, like, you know, I was on a work visa. Um, you know, I'm a woman. So, you know, my my whole career objective was get a job, get married, raise children. Right. And that's it. That's really what it was. Like, and very early on, I actually I went through I was I was I, w- I just moved to California after I got my first job. Uh, I started at Microsoft as an engineer and then eventually moved on to product management, did several different things. I was part of a startup. I was acquired by, it was acquired by, uh, by Hitachi, moved into product management. And then I was head of product at PayPal for several years. I still need our entire AI-driven customer success, agent experiences and so on. So a lot of cool things. But along the way, I realized that my work visa actually does um, limit me not only from getting to the dream, but even actually living this dream. Mm. Because I remember there was a point in time where I was at Cisco. Cisco is a big company. There's a lot of humans at Cisco and they do great things. But Cisco is not immune to layoffs, to things like that. And so much like every other company, they were going through layoffs. And I remember feeling so threatened because we've we've literally sacrificed my parents have sacrificed so much for me to be here today and and we take pride in who we are like I take pride in being a go-getter I raise my hand I'm always the one who's I'll do any I'll you know I'll be the first one to wake up and jump the meeting and so on right and Cisco goes to layoffs I'm just a resource that is being let go right for many different reasons but they don't have to take into account the fact that there is so much riding on this job, right? My life is riding on this job. And I think that's the basic difference between an immigrant's mentality versus someone who isn't. This is not just a job. It's actually a big part of our life and what we can look forward to. So I think all of those things really make you value the opportunities you get. Um, So at the time, I mean, obviously all of this uh, going on, I I remember when I met my husband, who we were dating at the time, He's like, hey, like, you know, I, he used to see me and he's like, she's always dressed up. We should get her in, on Instagram. Let's do some photography and let's learn oh, photography and oh. stuff. So that's actually how I got, got on Instagram and started posting some like home decor, lifestyle content, things that just gave me an outlet. And it was the birth of this whole opportunity. I was like, I exist independently. I have people who care to listen to me. I have people that are joining my community. It was shocking that when you don't have the shackles of you know what you know just like you're, you just let yourself be the world is your oyster right so even though it wasn't a direct path to where I'm today Instagram and just living as a creator let me really see the breadth of where I could go mm-hmm. and long story short it I started to run experiments on what I could do 
um, independently outside of my day job. And that's where the first version of Kriya was born, where I, I amassed the community. I actually coded the first version of the platform, started inviting some folks to book time with me. This is pre-Calendly days. Like there was no Calendly other time with me. And then we had like 100 users in 100 days and so on. So from there, things started to grow. And I was like, wow, like I know I in my head, I knew where I want to go. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to get there. And there's a lot for a women immigrant to be work visa, green card, that whole journey is oh quite my, I know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's terrifying. Um, it is. You, that's minute right. you could be sent home if you don't do it right or the waiting period or, you know, you, 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 you're just, you, every time you go to the, to the airport, they put you in a little room just to make sure that you haven't had a DIY, a DIY, Yeah, I mean, you're like, you feel like, and they call you aliens. Literally, yeah. Like, just so you know, you are not in the, I mean, yes, it's just, it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. But you really, um, I mean, look at you. You, uh, And I know that it's, it's tough, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur someone who's coming from the outside to do something in a different country that is seemingly filled with opportunity. And then you go through also uh, economic changes. Like right now we're going through an economic time, especially in the tech industry. There's been a lot of layoffs. Uh, There's been a lot of tightening the belt Uh, in the media industry, um, a lot of tightening of the belt. In the entertainment business, there's strikes, writers' strikes, directors' strikes. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. It's post-pandemic world, but you're—it's—it's like, it's like almost like Priya has been, is, and you are rising from the ashes like Phoenix, creating this whole new model of interaction and work. It's like it's, it's kind of unique. It's very unique. Like I haven't seen it before. I mean, I've seen it in so far as people say, "Oh, you can just—you know—there's plenty of platforms you can do to do your work online and tools," but yours is more personal. Because it it's you, it's you. Uh, it's it's really lovely. I'm giving you a lot of praise right now, as you can tell. Um, but I guess what I would love to hear from you is now that you've set this this platform up, and just you in general. You know, you're a startup that has backing. Um, what is it like as a as a as a as a woman, or even just as an entrepreneur, um, in the startup game, like I'd love to get some insights there. I mean, even some real like practical stuff. It is um, sometimes, in in all honesty, there are there are days where I feel like I I'm living outside of my body, and I'm just like looking at me, and I'm like sh- like oh, I'm like a whack a mole, and I'm like there's design, there's product, there's customer feedback, there's vision, there's investors, there's accounting there's someone filed a dispute like it's just yeah. i'm literally sending in a bug by email saying can you <laughs> this page <laughs> okay it is physically um exhausting yeah but at the end of the week i've i've, I've gotten i think the whole journey has been very rewarding in the sense that i started like i've never actually had to do take anything from zero to one i've always been in places where you know, I've joined at a place where there's already a brand, there's already customers, there's already product, and we are incrementally figuring out how do we make a point percent difference in the world, right? I've never had to figure out who is my first customer going to look like? What's a sales pitch going to look like? 
what should my website look like? What should my logo look like? All of it, right? So I'm the type of person who's constantly humbly. Like my husband actually said, he's like, I, I, used to, I, used to, I switched four jobs in, I think, six years. And he was like, I think you need a project that's going to keep you occupied for the rest of your life. Because I am, I'm always hungry. I'm always, always hungry. I'm always looking for what to do next. So this is exactly what I was built to do. And while there are days where when you're in the motion, you're sitting out and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe like there's so much going on in the day. I don't know another way. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you find, I got I to ask, how do you find the time? Like, well, how do you deal with your time management? You've got so and, much and, you're a small CEO, meaning a CEO of a, Small, small company, yeah. Or, yeah. Like, how do you do it where you're not like hiring like multiple people? How do you keep it all together? And I think that's, I think, what I've gotten better at. So when we started a company, it was literally just being the one who's doing everything. Mm-hmm. And the reason I follow that process is I feel like before I can hire someone in such a small business, I need to know how to do the job. I don't need to know how to do it extremely well at scale, but I at least need to know what needs to be done. Yeah. So bring in someone to do sales. How am I going to coach them? I need to be a role model for them to learn from. So that's kind of what I've done. A lot of it is I've done a little bit of the job. And now we've slowly brought in people who are smarter than me in different functions who can actually aid the growth of the company. So the first thing I did was initially I used to write the code. And the first thing I did was bring in a stellar engineering leader who is also my CTO. And he actually built the team out of it. But the first version of the product was literally me, right? Wow. And I knew that I cannot do beyond this. Like, this is nobody should be running the business on my code. So I'm glad it's in good hands, right? Similarly, the next thing that came in was sales. So, sales and some of the marketing. So, I did a lot of the sales, which is where we met. Today, I don't do a lot of the sales anymore. We actually have people who run sales for us. Mm-hmm. And now we have someone who's doing, um, who we brought in to run operations and some of the marketing and branding and so on. It's been a journey. And I still know that. I still feel as though there are certain parts of the business that I will I will take years before I can let go, such as this direct connection with customers, having direct feedback. It literally keeps me honest about it's where part of your talent is. too, because you actually understand the customer, right? So you you are actually, which is like for me, you, like you understand the coach, you understand the coach's need, uh, all the speakers need, and you you kind of like want to understand their pain points so that you can improve your business. You're very like you're very responsive meaning like you understand like and then you then you say for example if I say how about can you get this feature this would be great and you're like yeah we're working on it and here's the next 10 features that are coming and I was like oh I want that it's like I want to go to the grocery stores I want to be able to do that I want to connect multiple google calendars this is great it is that right and I would never be able to build a business if I weren't actually connected to who we are selling this to and who we're building it for it also helps me with when I'm speaking with investors and board members and so on. Mm-hmm. I need to actually know where we're going because everybody likes to hear the story of where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, really important to me. So, so t- I think that's how I've become better with managing my time is uh, the initial phase of any, any part of the business is time consuming, but I know that this is going to converge in a place where I can bring some an expert and coach them so I can start focusing like on the other parts of the business. So. <laughs> so if you were to like wave a magic wand and it's maybe like five years time not too far away but enough you know to to build out your business like 
what do you see what for yourself where where are you what what's going on with you this is by the way this is one of the questions that i ask when i coach my clients <laughs> oh gosh um I'll be honest, I think it is hard to say, uh, so I'll, I'll be honest, I'm being super candid. I almost never, I, I didn't start the business wanting for this to be some billion dollars, something. It's it's not even part of what wakes me, why I wake up and do my work. Mm-hmm. As long as I am constantly uh, doing something that is freaking awesome, it is, I can stand behind it and be like, this is what I'm doing. This is the impact we're driving. And maybe when I started out, I was like, oh, I want to be able to impact a hundred humans. Yes. So that vision has grown. I want to be impact, be able to impact a million humans. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what keeps me going. So five years from now versus two years from now, I think it's it's how many lives am I able to impact in a, in a positive way. That's really where my satisfaction comes from. <laughs> By the way, you've got this cat coming. I don't know how many guests I've had where halfway through the podcast, this cat walks across. <laughs> now it's, it's like it's like part of the thing. Maybe we, we're planning. like it's, it's like a subliminal plan. What's the name of your cat? Lily. Lily. Hi, Lily. <laughs> she chooses her moments. <laughs> she does. She does. Um, well, amazing. I really feel like there's a... Um, like a secret room where um, where these uh, uh, growing, scaling startups, uh, founders and entrepreneurs get to know how to build their business and get uh, investors and capital. And, and it's like a, how do you get into the door of those things? Um, I'd love you to share, you don't have to share all your secrets, but share a little bit, maybe like the first time if you're open to it, again as a female entrepreneur looking for investors because you mentioned it just before like what were some of the things you did uh to attract interest in your idea so there's customers and there's investors where do you want me to um focus well maybe let's start on the investor side but i think well you can start either way but i love the idea of both actually yeah fundraising i i'll talk about fundraising because i think the advice is i mean I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, to to want to build a venture back business in itself is a decision that you have to make consciously. Because when I started building, like I said, I was never, I, and I still am not in my mind. This is not the reason I'm doing this. Is not because I wanted to have top investors or build a, a, a venture back business. That's not what it is. As I started building it, and as I started having customers come in and then asking me questions, I realized the kind of product I'm envisioning. And the level of talent I will need to hire to build this, I don't have the funding for it. And I also needed, I didn't just need capital. I actually wanted, I the reason I wanted to go and build a venture back business is I needed doors opened. I'm an immigrant. I don't I don't have a dad who knows 15 others that you can who just write checks for me and do introductions for me and get me on these, you know, billboards and, and magazines. I needed people who will back me up. Yeah. And so even the ventures, the the folks that I ended up taking investment from, and I said no to many, and I said yes to very few. We, our cap table is very small because these investors are really mentors more than anything else. Mm. They've truly believed in a vision and in my hustle. Yep. Yes. 
those folks really have helped they've never been people who just force me into doing what you know they want me to do i've invested instead really invested in the founder and the founder vision mm-hmm. so but i know this today mm-hmm. a year after having raised capital two years after i quit paypal and so on when i quit i didn't even know what i was building i didn't know if i was building a venture back business i didn't know a single investor that i didn't know i didn't know anybody i didn't know where i would start um and this is actually where i really i got scared i started looking at the numbers i mean less than at the time i think less than 2.9% of venture capital or funding goes to female back, women back startups yeah that's a terrible number it's a terrible number and you don't it's a number until you are actually in that 2.9% and you realize how the odds are against you and if you already felt the imposter syndrome and you already felt nervous this was just like oh let's let's 10x this right <laughs> like let's make it harder um so i think it's it's it but you the, overcame that i mean you, you i mean you're here today with a business so like you you must have had something good <laughs> for them to back you I I think that's what it is. I think the important thing is that uh, I don't think women get away easily. I've n- I've known a lot of founders uh male founders who've raised capital on a 10 slide pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Not a single customer, not a single line of code written and so on. I don't envision ever having that kind of luck. and in a way I, i don't care because i mean my hustle will prove where i can go but that's the difference right so when i went to raise capital i had to learn how to go back and code i had to do the marketing i had to do the sales i had to get my first 100 customers and show them the traction and then we had folks like y combinator backing us we had um so i think it's been like a stepping stone right so my first investors um shakti who came in changed changed the way i look at life right like so each each person who took a bet on me helped me build up the confidence and prepare me for the next milestone the next milestone and then where we are today so no i don't think any of this happens in a day and none of and i don't think any of us are prepared for it but it does take a little bit of also being in front of you know getting in front of the right people so that they really believe in you it's amazing i mean it really taps into a couple of things that i believe in one is Uh, you know i believe that you know really following your passion and build and bringing that passion being a passion leader into what you do which i see that with you and then a lot of grit and hustle which i see you do and 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 then it doesn't happen overnight right it really you've got to be prepared to be in it for the long run when i was an artist like full time and up toured around the world and we'll get to that in a sec um uh i um i realized that uh creativity was a journey artistry was a lifelong journey and that the rise to the top would take my entire life like how i am is not an over, you can't be an overnight success and it's the same in technology and in um in media and entertainment all all across in any business and in any situation you know anyone who thinks it's just a fly by night uh success so they can just take it and and become successful is a foul is false and and if you do become successful it doesn't mean it's going to last um and i really look at a startups even those who you know get the funding can get going and then they scale and then they you know 
try and get a product to market and they fail because they haven't put in the legwork to really get it right and take their time in doing that. And finally, getting the people around you to support you in your growth, which you, you've definitely done that. It's really exciting. Have you, um, you know, I've, I've, I have, I have, I'm a positive person and you said that, like, you know, I'm a positive person, right? But there are days where I go, God, like, how on earth am I, what, how am I going to figure this out? Or, oh, you know, have you had a day like that? And what did that feel like? Maybe give me an example of a bad day in Deb's world. Oh my gosh. Yesterday, this morning, it's like, <laughs> I'll tell you when I felt, I felt like at the bottom, like I literally felt like I didn't know how I'm going to do this is I quit PayPal and I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go build. And I, I kept focusing on the things that I can do and kept trying to avoid the things that I have no idea about because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I arrived, I think two months in, I arrived at a point where I knew that, like, like I was saying, I, was, I knew that I, this is what I want to build. Mm. This is, these are all the things I need to get there. So I need to get in front of an investor. Mm. I need that investor to give me capital. I need that capital to be able to hire. So there were all these things that were hinged upon this one milestone, which is bringing in an investor or, or several who can help me, do, who can help me do this. And it was like all the way there and I'm here. Mm. And there was this point where I was like, I have no idea how to get from point A to point B. Because mm. there's no book that teaches you with investors. This is the email. Like There's nobody who teaches you how to do that. And if it were that simple a game, I think there would be a lot more people who would be doing it. And I remember that. I was like, it was, a, it was the perfect moment to quit. It's like, oh, I, I don't know how to figure this out. right? So, and I think... Once I overcame that, mm-hmm. I keep going back and reminding myself. So there are days every every now and then, like, of course, I have to raise my next round. There's a lot of things. But every time I'm at that moment, I go back and think about, hold on, you got here. Because you, you figure out, you, you know, when you have a huge milestone, just don't think about the big milestone. Think about the next small little incremental milestone you can come up with. So step one was like, make a list of investors. Just do that. Just freaking do that. And I made a list and like come up with an email. Okay, just do that. So I kept focusing on like the mini milestones. And then one day I was across. Mm, amazing. So every time, even right now, as we're trying to like build up the next, the vision for what Korea 2.0 is going to be and so on. It is crazy. And it scares me. But I keep telling myself, keep reminding myself that, no, you ha- there's a path. There's a craft to this. Nothing is impossible. There's just a, a craft to it. So yeah, that's essentially how I tell myself this. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really inspiring, and you know, I know that our listeners will really appreciate hearing what you just said because it's 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 real, right? It's it's every day. You're in the trenches. You're building something new. You don't always know what the path will be, but you have to trust in it, and you just have to take those steps one after the other. I think about it as like. You're, you're maybe on the a pier, like a pier going out into the ocean, like on piers, but you, you have to get across the ocean and you don't know how you're going to get there. The pier ends at the end. Yeah. Start walking on the pier. And as you take those steps, the pier keeps getting longer. 
and you're able to oh, such a beautiful analogy oh my gosh that's literally how i feel that's really how i feel yeah and you're and the, the fact that you believe in yourself that is that is the core of it because no one's really going to believe in you like you believe in yourself i mean yes of course you're going to get the investors and the customers and the people that are around you but at the end of the day, you can only rely on yourself. And so you have to have that core belief, that confidence, that feeling of I can do it. Um, even if you have to lie, you have to wake up in that morning, put that lipstick on, get on with the day. And so I'm going to just give it a go. Yeah. And, and that that kind of spirit is just really emanates from you. It's really nice to see. It's really nice to see. Um well, while we're on the uh, the philosophical creative journey here for a minute, um, uh, like I do with all my guests, <laughs> I ask them to pick a song from my Jilly Moon catalogue to see if anything resonated with you that might spark some conversation. Is there a song that you think you found? Oh, I found many, and uh, <laughs> I was—I don't know if it was the—it was—was it the light? The light, yes. I think it was the light for me because I kept listening to it. Um, because I woke up in the morning and I was like, I, I cannot pick a song. So actually, I was in the bathroom when I was playing it again and again. And I, was, I think it was the light. So I think that's the one for me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to play the light now. Uh, for our listeners, this is the light by my stage and my music stage name, Jilly Moon. Here we go. It's a lot I'm barely hanging on Like a thread I forget where I'm from But I keep going For the sakes of you I, I couldn't imagine a Life without you My eyes closing
The light, the light, the light, the light. I'm so glad you chose a song. It's actually kind of interesting. Uh, I originally wrote this um, uh, about uh, the birth of my twins. Um, it was uh, at the time I was a really big entrepreneur running my own record company and coaching business and um, and I was just exhausted having um, twins. And so I, it was like this conflict, conflict of being a mother and being like a, an artist and an entrepreneur. And, um, but, but when I, but, but when I heard you pick this song, you know, it also conjures up, um, what we're passionate about, like pursuing that passion and it can really be hard. It's really hard on us, but if you follow the light, if you keep the light in front of you, you can overcome so many things. So I think it's kind of, kind of fitting for our discussion today. So glad you're, I loved it. I'm, Julie, you're, I mean, you're just such a powerhouse. So. I really want to learn more about this and we can have this conversation separately because um, I studied music for 10 years. Oh, right amazing. And my husband's a musician. So I met him at a gig. Ah. So uh, yeah, and he still performs with like all over the city and so on. We've never gone, I think he's, he would, I would, I want for him to hear this because I keep telling him like, you should finish your compositions. You should you should see what it looks like when you produce it and have something that you can, you know, reference back. So you're such an inspiration. Thank you for sharing oh, this. Thank you. Yeah, I have, I've ended up, I've, I have eight albums out and um, I feel like I've, I've, I've lived a dual life. I've got this Jilly Moon moniker, which is my artist life. I've toured the world. Uh, and that's why I came to Los Angeles in the beginning. But then I'm a like you. I'm a techie. I, I'm a geek at heart, and I've just been. I was on the internet before anyone really was on there. I was building artists and launching artists. It's funny branding and launching artists on the internet, oh. like you're doing with coaches. Now I had a huge platform back then, and I still do have a songwriters platform called Songs Alive. Um, and uh, and the, but I moved into the tech world and just loved it so much. Tech and media, and, and you know, built a career that way. But you know, never lost sight of the artistry. So, uh, and that's where I feel creativity. Uh, so now, you know, I see creativity as being able to solve huge business problems. Even when I uh, am at work, so to speak, in, in corporate world, uh, I bring my creative right brain thinking to solving problems uh, and not just the left brain. And I really foster that with people in business to think outside the box uh, to come up with different strategies like the warrior gorilla strategies on how to build things, launch things, get things out. And, um, and so I'm in my more mature years now growing into, you know, where I'm going as a gro proper grown up. I really have noticed that I'm bringing it all together. Uh, and I'm doing that through this new startup of my own called The Creative. I've had different models of it but um it's I'm trying to, I'm, I'm actually bringing it all together and i'm bringing my brand together and it's kind of scary actually <laughs> to bring it together well, isn't, isn't that amazing i feel like that's the most satisfying job you can have is when you can be your full self right? yes yes i think authenticity is the key um i've had a hard time at that because i i you know i go in i'm you know 
managing 150 people in a 3,000 person organization and they all want you to be the grown up in the room and the leader and then you you know you know you want to go and perform on your piano at night like is that is that a life I guess it is right you can have both right that is amazing (laughs) but that is so amazing to hear I mean you make you mean when someone thinks of you like SVP at Paramount I mean it's such a that in itself is a full box like how do you do more than that that's right. Well, I, that's why I'm asking you the same question. How do you do it all? <laughs> I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a daughter, you are, you're an artist. There's, a, there's, there's so much that people actually don't get to see. And, I, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're getting to, to be all of that, Jillian. I get to also be a part of your journey. So thank you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a pleasure. And thank you um, for, for really creating opportunity for uh, people around you both men and women you've really that's the hallmark of success is when you can get to a place and I'm saying this out of experience but also watching and observing is uh, when you can build something you're passionate about like Kriya but you are serving and helping others that you've got a mission when you have a mission that is beyond yourself um, I'm getting, by the way, I'm getting goosebumps, as I said, and I'm speaking about you. Um, it, it can only be successful. It can only do great things. Um, so I know you're going to continue to do amazing things, Deb. Thank you, Julie. It, it means a lot coming from you. So thank you so much. Yeah, amazing. So as we wrap this up, this wonderful conversation with Deb Dutta from Korea today, Deb, is there anything that you would love to impart to my listeners that you feel are like a golden nugget from you that we haven't covered yet or you just want to, you know, share from your heart now that we've had this big conversation? <laughs> um, Julie, I think it's, I think both you and I can attest to this. I think the biggest thing that comes in the way of us women is not feeling like the world is, or we are ready for the world. I think a lot of like our biggest obstacles are sometimes within us. And yes, it's probably true that we may have to work harder than some others to get where, you know, to a destination, but you have to start. If you don't start, you're always going to be left behind. So I, I, it sounds cliche, it sounds generic, but it is so true. It is just so true. So if any of your listeners are, you know, wherever they're coming from, whether they're coming because they're attracted to your music, to your professional success, as your, or to your coaching um, practice, whatever it is that you're holding back on, please get started. Nothing happens overnight, right? It takes years to get to where you want to get to. And even then you're like, oh, shoot, I still have so much longer to go. <laughs> so please, that's, that's the one thing I would recommend anybody that's listening in. Just get started. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid. Wonderful, wonderful messages, and you're an example and a light. The light. The light. (laughs) To be inspired by. Um, So thank you, Deb. Um, What are you going to do this weekend? Anything cool? Actually, yeah, it's my husband's birthday, and terrible me. We did nothing last year because the business was just so new. I, I felt so guilty. This year, we're actually going camping, mm. and it's uh, no devices. You cook your own everything. It's going to be a, it's, it's two hours north of um, where we live. 
So I'm actually looking forward to it because it's a it's not just a disconnect for him, it's actually disconnect for me, which I'm looking forward to. So it's gonna be fun. <laughs> so wonderful. Well, I hope you have fun camping and uh we'll definitely see you online, you and I, and uh I'm sure that a lot of folks will have uh some great uh some great good feelings and inspiration and hopefully a kick a kick in the pants to go do what they want to do <laughs> based on this podcast today. So thank you so much, Deb. It was great to see you today. Great chatting with you, Jilly. Thank you. Yeah. Come and join us at thecreative.com, C-R-E-A-8-V-E.com or find us on social. Or find me, Jilly Moon. See you soon.